welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Delighted to be joined by PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright. Dan, how are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. We have a pretty challenging question and I want to commend Spence who sent this in via Facebook for filming a video and uh, shooting it to us via the PDP Facebook page. So Spence, thanks for that. The question is complex and we've done our best to sort of uh, interpret or paraphrase um, the challenge that Spence has got in front of us. So essentially he's saying my focus as a coach is developing my players before winning. So he's taking a real development uh, focus. However, winning games is very important for my girls team and sometimes they get frustrated by my developmental approach on game day. Are they better having a match day manager or a different voice on the weekend? So hopefully our paraphrasing has sort of uh, summarized the video that we got, which was a couple of minutes long. Dan, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Um, my initial thought was it was really exciting to receive the, the video from Spence. It's a nice kind of progression. So people kind of filming their, their questions and sending it in. That, that, that was nice. And people are getting value out of these Q&As, which was good. Um, around the question, um, I think there's a few different kind of uh, big rocks for us to talk about. Um, the first one, I think, is something we've, we've discussed a lot, which is kind of winning versus development. And, and is that an argument? Are, are they two sides of of a coin or are they, are they something that, are, that should go together? Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. I think when we talk about winning, most people just think of the scoreboard. Now, I think competition is absolutely fundamental in every practice. I think there needs to be a degree of that. Um, I think every individual should have their own parameters or, or definitions around what success or winning looks like for them. So winning for an individual could be just winning your 1v1s on game day. It could be creating three or four opportunities in the form of assists or, or, or penetrative passes. So it's important that we sort of broaden the definition of winning. But I think um, obviously Spence has implied that his girls really want to win the game. Um, so it's just important, I guess, to acknowledge those things. Yeah, and we've got loads of content around uh, what is winning and redefining winning and redefining success. Mm. I think that people are starting to, to understand that message that you can win uh, in different ways, like you said. But if the girls want to win and winning is important to them and winning is a value, I think um, we need to talk about kind of what the value of the team is versus the value of the coach. So mm -hmm. if you've got... Um, and this is the PDP model, right? We've got the culture of the sport, we've got the culture of the players, and we've got maybe um, the, the developmental approach that, that Spence is trying to take. So, of course, you want to win. Of course, you want to, you know, we want to compete. That's the idea of the of sport. Um, but it sounds like maybe there's a gap between how important that is to the, the players, um, and, and winning is is number one priority, and perhaps they're, they're willing to win in 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 any way, not cheating and diving and fighting, but but willing to sacrifice um, possession or willing to sacrifice style of play, whereas maybe Spence's winning it would be nice if we play 
in this way is, is that how you interpreted the question yeah i think so i think it's about you know maybe he's in a position where he's trying to promote a certain playing style maybe he's in a position where he like you know is, is pushing a certain philosophy which is developmental and that should be commended um but it's also you know the girls are thinking well if we have to play the ball in behind or we have to play directly to win the game that's what we want to do um so this comes down to variety of experience which i've sort of written about recently in pdp magazine in terms of you know, the ways that we expose players to the game, it can be played in lots of different ways, whether it's Pep's Barcelona or now Manchester City, or whether it's Ranieri's Leicester City. Um, the game can be played in different ways. And obviously the girls are looking to find a way to win games. So I think it's important to be pragmatic and at times open to saying, well, actually, um, if we're going to develop the most intelligent players or the most effective players, then they need to be able to adapt to different scenarios. And, you know, some days it may be about, okay, for the first 10 or 15 minutes, just put the ball in behind for a little bit, turn the back four around, and then we might have the space to play our possession style. So for me, if you can get players making those decisions themselves, that's the ultimate result where they're actually recognizing what's required and, and then going and executing it because they've got the skill base or skill set to do it. Mm. But there can be a challenge if that, that expectation or, or those uh, values or visions or whatever words you want to use are, are slightly adrift. Mm. So if you know you don't want to sacrifice possession or you want to play in an attractive way or you want to play out from the back or you know if you if you have this vision of how you want to play and the girls would like to do that but but not as much as they'd like to win yeah. then perhaps perhaps that's a, a a conversation you need to have and and, and that can be a, a role of of, uh, of a coach can be sitting down with your team and saying okay what what do we want to do you yeah. know do, how do we want to play you know what's the most important thing to us um and then shaping your training off that. Um, I, I agree that the game is the game and the principles are the principles and the idea is to stick it in the goal and there are different ways to do that. So um, that that's cool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a really interesting one. I think they're moving on to, to what that looks like, like on game day. Um, so Spence referenced maybe having a match day manager. So I, I understood that as a coach that would work with the, the players during coaching sessions mm -hmm. and then on game day, somebody else taking the team. Um, there can be problems there because you've got, got again, gaps. Um, but but I, I would be interested in kind of the behavior that happens on a training session versus the, the, the behavior that happens on a game day. Because for me, they should be really similar. Um, how about for you? Yeah, look, I think that consistent approach and I think different voices in the environment can be good at times in terms of, you know, one voice for a couple of years or three years might be monotonous if you're going through with the same players. Um, one thing I used to do when I first started coaching was, you know, I'd be working with the same group of players for two or three years. I'd, I'd bring coaches in and just get them to do the odd session who were different from me and there'd be different practices or different voices. That's fine. But I think the consistency, if you're looking to approach the the club and the environment with a developmental philosophy as long as there's consistency between the personnel so if you're working with them on the tuesday and thursday night and then you've had a clear conversation about what's required on the weekend and what you're looking for and what you'd like to hear back then maybe um you know that could be a case where somebody else can step in and manage and, and it's also important here to say that spence specified that he is working with two teams so he can't be at both games uh which are on at the same time on the weekend all the time um so i think it's important to find somebody that potentially aligns with the values of either the team as a whole and that includes the players and the coach 
um, who can then go on and deliver the messages so you're all on the same page. If you've got somebody where you're coaching a certain way and communicating a certain way Tuesday, Thursday, and then on the weekend, they're screaming, shouting, undermining everything that you've wanted to do and telling them to go long, well, then there's a real problem. Um, I've been in the situation where between uh, academy roles, I was working once a week with a Surrey Youth League team in the UK for, for actually three seasons, and I'd coach them once a week um, for about an hour and a half, and, and then the match day manager, who was one of the parents and, and sort of pretty pretty well versed in football, um, would actually take care of them on the weekend and then he'd report back and say, right, this week can we work on this? Um, and I did, did get to go to a few games, but very rarely did I have the opportunity to do it. And for me, the lines of communication were crucial. You know, what, how did it go? What was the, what were we trying to play? What's our style? What's our shape? And where did it break down? But more so talking to the players about it and actually asking them, okay, well, how did this go on the weekend or what went wrong and what could we do better? So just open dialogue and communication for me is a key step forward in this process and ensuring that, as you said, the values of either the person who's filling the gap um, or the values of the players and the coach are all aligned. Mm. Uh, kind of two things jumped out to me then when you were talking. When I started taking teams in academy one of the academy managers said to me how, many, how much of your interventions are technical versus tactical so so during training what are you 50 50 mm. depending on the focus of the session but you'd be talking about um receiving and checking and body shape and then you might talk about you know if you two play one two here or if we combine here we get to score there so it's, there's probably a nice blend and then on game day you go very tactical or i used to go very tactical <laughs> And the kids are still learning how to play the game. They're yeah. still learning how to receive. They're still learning, um, you know, which pass is the best one um, in that moment. And so maybe your style should should be similar. You know, there might be a dial that you move up and down, but it shouldn't be 100% technical on Tuesday and then 100% tactical on Sunday because we're still learning the game. So I think it, it can kind of come back to that adult expectation as well of what mm. games look like. So we've talked about this before, you know, what what Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool team looked like with, with Mane and the guys counter-attacking is different to a bunch of 14-year-old girls. Like, yeah. we need to understand what that looks like. Although principles and parts of the game are the same, the way they do it and the, the uh, execution and the consistency will be off. And mm. so that's fine. And then the second thing I, um, I thought about was kind of that periodization of your season. So... We've talked to um, coaches before that have talked about having a win week. Mm -hmm. So they'd have a style of play, a philosophy, a game style, whatever you want to call it. And then once a month or once a half term, this game was only about winning. It yeah. didn't matter. Nothing else mattered how you win. So you might be able to adapt your shape. You might be able to adapt your style because you're going to be influenced by what the opponent does. And if you score and the, the state of the game is different, you might alter. Um, and that, that might be something that Spencer's club think about, you know, having, um, so I, I spoke to a hockey coach recently and they had three different types of tournaments. So there was ones where they just turned up and, and played and yeah. it was uh, equal game time and it was kind of everyone gets on with it. And then they phased through and the third type was just about winning and no one was guaranteed game time and we, we, and, uh, we were there with the sole purpose. So I think kind of changing that um, focus yeah. of, why we're here and what we're doing might, might be useful for the girls and always about winning and always about winning at kind of not all costs, but, but nearly every single week, we would probably argue is not the way to go whilst 
people are still developing and learning the game, but that might be a, a, a cultural or, or bigger club issue. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a really good point in, in terms of obviously we've talked about how we define success, but you know that that sort of if we only you know it's one of those where you ask the kid a question at training on Monday, Tuesday if you haven't seen them on the game, how did you go on the weekend? Uh, oh, we lost four one. No, no, no. How did you go? What actually happened for you? What in your performance was good and what wasn't? And getting kids to think about these things. And I think Spence is probably, and I'm making assumptions, but I'd imagine he's in an environment where there are league tables at play. Uh, if he's playing in grassroots football and then maybe on the weekend they're playing for three points, which is why the girls interpret winning is so important because, well, that's what we've been taught to understand is that our only measure of success is if we get those three points. Well, Shifting that narrative can be a very slow burn in terms of getting them to understand that there's there's more things to it than just the win on the weekend. And I've been working with a group of players recently who very much, when I spoke to them at the start of the year, it was just about, oh, well, we lost 4-1 or we won 3-1 or whatever the score was. And now they're starting to go, actually, I got myself into pockets of space yesterday and I played a few forward passes. And they're really starting to think a little bit more because slowly we're starting to shift what success is. So... If there are points at stake and there's league tables involved, then without a doubt, the girls have been brought up in an environment and in a world where the value is placed on that win. So we can't necessarily blame them for that, but we've got to look at the language we use and the, the way we define success in order to slowly shift that. And it's it's not an easy process. Yeah, and I think the, the, the big thing we probably haven't talked about is that we need or we would like kids to understand the process. Mm. So if we only focus on winning, then when we don't win, it's rubbish. <laughs> so we, we played and we lost 2-1, you lost, it's no good, next. Whereas if we can redefine winning or redefine success, which is some of our content, then we might have not won the game, but seven out of our 10 things that we'd like to do, we did really well. So we save those or we continue working at those, next time we might win. And if we only make it about the scoreline, then maybe it can be confusing for the, the players because mm. we lost, so it was bad. Next week, Tuesday. Mm. Whereas he said, do you know what? We played out from the back really well. We rotated really well. <clears throat> Excuse me. We worked the ball into wide areas. We just didn't score. Mm. Like we just didn't work it enough. And that might be a technical issue, a tactical issue. You might have just been unlucky. Goalie yeah. might be the best player in the country. But you wouldn't say, well, it was rubbish. If... Mm. if all of your in-possession stuff is good, but you don't stick it in the goal. It might just be one of those days. Um, so I think I think that's probably where it's a good place to leave it. We want kids to understand what the process of winning looks like, not just that winning is you know the be-all and end-all. Why we won because or we lost because, and these are the things that I need to get better at. Yeah, and conversely, not fearing it either. I mean, we all love to win. We all love to compete, and. It's great to get success. You know, we I saw a post recently on social media from Nick Levitt talking about the emphasis on so much content coming out at the moment around failure. Well, sometimes success is just as important a life lesson and how do we win and how do we achieve that? So it's not fearing it. It's just about defining it and making sure it's not everything in the sense that in youth development, it's not. It might be at the pointy or the highest end of the game when a World Cup final's on the line and winning is everything at that stage. You know, teams don't go out there to develop, they go out there to win the World Cup. Um, that's a fact. But, so we've got to sort of work out which age and stage is it relevant. And you and I have both worked at a club where we would review the games afterwards and the definitions would be, well, did we dominate possession from a recruitment perspective? Did we have the best player on the pitch? And the third thing we asked was, what was the score? You know, that was down the list in terms of the overall definitions. And if we got two out of three on the day, it was deemed a successful day for that particular team and that particular fixture. So 
maybe Spence could be challenged with coming up with some shared ideas with the girls around what their definition of success could be outside of that scoreboard, but it could be included in the mix, you know, so that might be a start point from my perspective. Any sort of final thoughts on this one for you, Dan? Yeah, just sort of jumping back to the beginning, we talked about um, the values that the girls hold to be true. I'd be interested to understand why they think winning is important. Is it, is it, their fundamental belief and is it is it you know what they believe to be true or is it because their parents have told them or you know the first team win or like you said the league table because then you could maybe break down some of their understanding of like yeah I'd like to win too but I'd also like you to be able to receive the ball and play off both feet mm. so until you can do that I'm going to focus on on this more than that um yeah as always these questions are, are super <laughs> complex and you could you can interpret different parts of it in different ways. So it'll be interesting to see if Spence finds this useful and, and we'll continue the conversation. Definitely. Well, look, there's a fair bit of content on the website that uh, Spence can check out. And for anyone else listening out there, um, highly recommend the work of James Vaughan and Hannah Egerstrand around values. A couple of articles from those guys. John Alder on values and leadership. Um, I recently wrote a blog called Change the Story, which talks about the emphasis on social constructs and storytelling and, and how we can shift those narratives, which I've sort of referred to. There's plenty of content there to check out across the blog and, of course, within the masterclass discussions as well. Dan, thank you for your time. Hopefully, we've helped Spence out. No worries. See you soon, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.